attention, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, scientists and brains of all ages. It is time once again for Blastro Podcast. <laughs> and now your host broadcasting from deep within the pod chamber, that man of science, Tatore. <laughs> Bumble Bobble Toilet Trumbin. Forsooth, fancy listeners, it is I, Detore, the mysterious Mantasm of Science, here to haunt your ears with scare-educational audio words. Behold and be here through your sound suckers as I arise from the grave like a pumpkin in a lab coat. <laughs> Can you hear my irksome grumbles? Moo, moo. Oh, that reminds me. Balnaz, fetch my autumn leaf mumu. I'll need it. Because this is Halloween. I plan to eat so many Nunny Bundy bars that I will gain a considerable amount of weight. Well, unless you're listening to this episode of Blaster Podcast in the timeless vacuum of Dr. Y's space coffin, you know it's October. The tenth month of the Yarn, named after the ancient Romish emperor Faptabian Octabula. And since I refuse to celebrate the genteel and religious holidays of the Western world, I like to crembulate in my own way, by dressing it up for the holidays, for that most diabolically diabetic of pagan holidays, Evaluween. To wit, I've really spooked it up here in the pod chamber, or is it the odd chamber? No, you're right, it's the pod chamber. Irregardless, I have replaced the regular spiders with plastic ones, set a jack-a-mantis in the window mouth, and poked holes in all my sheets so that prudish ghosts can have sex with each other. Ugh, that's actually gross. Ghost bustin'. Today's guest is a man who deserves no introduction. Sebastian Orr. Sebastian, welcome to Blaster Podcast. Well, thank you, Dottore. You're welcome. Sebastian, I remember you from when you were at college. <laughs> but more to the point, where do you come from? Where do you go? Where do you come from, Sebastian O? Where do I come from originally, uh, do you mean? I come from uh, Chardon, Ohio, but that's near Cleveland. Most people don't know where Chardon is. Shadron, near Cleveland. Yes. Yes, and that's in Ohio. Yes. Ohio is the bread basket of the United Snakes, is I it not? I don't think so. All right. Did you have a good childhood in Schnarden? Yeah, why not? That's a good question. <laughs> why not? Why does anyone have a bad childhood these days? We're even American. It was a good childhood. Okay. I lived with my mother. Did you get to go outside? I did. Did you wave your leg around at a duck? Uh, no. Oh. There were frogs. Frogs. We had many animals. Really? Yes. How many? Uh, at the height of it? What? <laughs> the height of the animal? <laughs> the before the, the animal, animal bubble bu- burst? 17. Holy mother of God. Yes. There were pigs. And there were dogs. And there were rabbits and ferrets and cats and fish, maybe. I think fish. Did you live in a fairy tale? Yes. <laughs> you found me out. I knew it. <laughs> So, Sebastian Orr, we talked all about your childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are from Ohio, America. Yes. yes. Excellent. Uh, now you are living in a place called Chicago. And now the internet knows it, too. <laughs> Sebastian, to who, uh, uh, tell me about yourself. What are you uh, up to? I'm a native Chicagoan. Really? No, not true. Well... But I live here now. Yes. As you said. Uh-huh. I come from Ohio. What made you move we to Chicago? that. I, what made me move to Ohio? What made you move to Chicago? I moved here. I wanted a change of scenery, and I wanted to be in a city, and I don't know. I had friends here. You knew Dottore's pod chamber was I knew, floating around in Chicago. Yes. I was a, a fanboy. Many people are drawn to the glow of the pod chamber like a moth to a frame. I, I can understand that. It's quite bright. Thank you. It's warm, it's too. Quite warm, actually. Yes. I was going to say something about that. Yes, I, in- I invented steampunk. <laughs> yeah? Yep, but it's not steam that's in these vents. <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sebastian. <clears throat> uh, according to my dossier, I understand that you're a passionate man about photographs. 
Is this a hobby or an obsession? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, it's it's a hobby and uh, I, I guess a, a professional aspiration. Sometimes people do pay me money to take pictures. That's allowed. They pay you to take something from them. Yes. What in the world? <laughs> so you photograph them. Mm -hmm. What is it about photography that makes you feel happy about it? I don't know. Um, I come from a theater background, mm -hmm. and I think I, uh, being a narcissist, like uh, forms of art where people are very grateful for the thing that you do. Hold on, what's a narcissist? A narcissist yes. is someone who is... I don't uh, speak French. ...fond of themselves. Oh, like a healthy self-esteem? Uh, yes, though perhaps more than... More than healthy, robust. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the sound of that. <laughs> Robusto. Uh -huh. That is my body type. Yes. So I I think um, from a from a gratitude standpoint, I like gratitude. Taking, uh, yes. I like Hold on. Slow down with all these foreign words. No. Okay. Keep going faster with foreign words. You don't know what gratitude is? Gratitude? Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> That yes, you don't. Is that when you, oh, for making pasta when you have to gratin it out? Uh, yes, Beef exactly. Beef gratin? Yes. Yes, I know what that is. You turn your photos into a food? I do. I do. Oh. It's a, yes. Well, well, I've cornered the market by uh, taking pictures, shredding them up, and putting sauce on them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. Oh. Um, I like taking pictures because I, I, I don't know. It's uh, It makes me feel good. People feel good about them generally, usually, I hope. The ones that are good and I uh, I don't know I, I enjoy it I like capturing moments or no okay I've heard this uh -huh. about photo peoples some people say you can make a photograph of a thing uh -huh. or some people say you can make a photograph of a thing happening are you the one that makes that uh, takes of a thing it depends if I put a bowl upside down in the back alley of my house, which I've done, and taken a picture of that. I'm not sure that's something happening. I mean, I did do it. Why would you do that to a bull? A perfectly good bull. You bull bully. It was a, I don't know, had it coming. All right. All right. Was it a vegetable? I don't like those. It was not. I like animals. It was an old ashtray. Oh, that's different than a bull, you asshole. I seemed easier to say. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I know my listeners have trouble <laughs> with... <laughs> Complicated concepts like ashtray. Mm -hmm. Well, smoking is bad for you. That's I've heard that. Yeah, so I'm glad you did that. You turned it upside down, took a picture of it just to humiliate it, send it to its family. That's right. Uh, and you said, you're next. Ask for ransom. Yeah. Yes. That's my favorite punk rock metal band. What? Ask for ransom. I ask for ransom. <laughs> Have you seen them in concert? No. I've seen them separately, though, <laughs> <laughs> as individual members. Oh, Sebastian. Sebastian. So, okay, you like to photos. I, I do. You like to photograph things. I do. How long? Oh, Lord, how long have you been doing this? Uh, I've been doing it very casually for a long time. I started doing it in high school. Huh. Um, yeah, probably around my sophomore year of high school. But I didn't, um, you know, I was shooting on automatic for many, many years. Which is illegal in the U.S. Yes. So don't tell the uh, authorities. I won't tell Uncle Sam. Good. <laughs> you wet my beak, you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I call the, uh, my penis a beak. <laughs> I will not do that. I'm just kidding. I w <laughs> it's already wet. You... Sebastian! I'm quite upset. <laughs> Sebastian, <clears throat> let's get serious. Okay. You've acted on a stage. I have. You've taken photons of people. Yes. And you've performed an honest day's work in an office. True. All of these are things that I'm afraid of, Sebastian. And today's episode is about fear. Let us tell us a story about you had what had fear inside of it. Please. A story about a time I was scared? Yes, unravel a spooky yarn into our ears. Well, I'm scared of lots of things. Really? Yeah. But you're so tall. It's true. But I'm scared of heights. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. The Your life must be endless agony. It is. Like Edgar Allan porn. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Ogre Allen Porn is his name. I'm scared of heights. I'm scared of uh, singing in front of people. Really? Yes. But Sebastian, I know for a fact mm-hmm. that you were once in a movie called Company. Yes. And that company true. was about a working man who sings. Yeah, well, sort of. Named Bobby. You don't. Well, th- that part's true. Booby. Squabby Dee Doodle And uh, so, you, oh, were you afraid of that? Yeah, I was. Oh, my God. When I sing in front of people, at least when I start singing in front of people, I lose feeling in my hands. Whoa. Because the blood rushes up from your extremitodes? I guess. And into your chest organs? Yes. To help you digest? Yes. Makes sense. But it's subconscious because I don't. I, I feel like a little bit anxious, but I don't feel. Scared, scared, not like... You feel a floating anxiety. Apparently. Uh, I I need to burp, but I'm afraid I'm going to throw up on the microphone. That's vile. (laughs) I get it when I'm anxious. (laughs) Well, everyone has their thing, I suppose. Yes, yes. So, okay, but you overcame that fear. I did. How'd you do it? Uh, I just did it anyway. The thing? The singing? Oh. Or the... I mean, I fly in planes. Are you afraid of a fly? I'm I'm afraid I'm afraid of uh, I'm not afraid of being up in the sky, but I'm afraid of takeoff and landing. Right, because that is the time that it's most likely that yes, the plane will and take when, off or and land. And Detori, when you live in Chicago, and the plane has to land in Chicago, it's not called the Windy City for nothing, man. Right, it's terrible. Because the plane could get it's robbed, Chicago. I think you've missed the point. Um, okay, point it at me. <laughs> Right, it's windy here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Well, not not long ago, I was flying from my home city of Cleveland. I thought it was Shanglin, Chardonnay. Okay, but to get on the to get in Ohio, Detroit. Yes, Detroit. Yeah, Chardon doesn't have an airport. All right, Cleveland has an airport. Cleveland's right. the the metropolis nearby. So I got on an airplane there. Oh, flew to here. Yep. And it was windy. We're in Chicago right now, folks. It was listening. To yes, the home we're in, in Chicago right now. This is where the pod has it lodged. Absolutely. And it's windy in Chicago. It is. And there was a thunderstorm. Oh. And we were coming in really low. It was. It, we were to the point where the 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 plane is over houses and they look like houses again and not just you know patterns on the ground uh-huh. but, but like you know if you jumped out you might land on the roof and yeah, you'd be dead but you may feel like maybe you wouldn't well maybe i'd be dead you have a lot to protect you though from a fall that's right i have my martial arts i have a great knowledge of physics and i have faith in science well those are those are good things i have bernudi's principle as well that yes to keep me boyrant so you're seeing those houses. They transform from little patterns mm-hmm. into big patterns, mm-hmm. into houses again. Yeah. And your plane is coming in. There's a thunder. And, and then the there's a huge gust of wind. And the wings, it's hard to describe it, but the whole plane tilts. Oh. Really quickly, but really far. And everyone on the plane screams. Oh, those cowards. Right? Right. I hate a flight of fools. Nancy's. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, everyone screams. <laughs> and then we land and and the the stewardess or uh, That's racist. flight attendant. Okay, thank you. There we go. Gets on the intercom and and congratulates the pilots, but with audible relief in her voice. Oh. The, like I'm glad I didn't just die noise. Right. So, I know that I'm not just insane. You know, I I'm pretty sure you're not just overreacting that we almost died. Huh? Yeah, I've almost I've I've almost died other times too. Really? Yes. Tell me about these dark delights. There was a tornado. What? A tornado? Those only happen in movies. And it's not true. I know. They're they re- only happen in movies. <laughs> <laughs> or you can make your own. They're real world home. phenomena. Okay. And uh, in Chardon, Ohio. Right. Oh, which I hear is very close to Cleveland. Yes. When I was a small boy, probably 10 or 11. Feet tall? Yes. Well, you were small. Or years old. Okay. Take your pick. There, you know, there's an exchange rate for years to feet. Uh, it escapes me now, but I have uh, It's like a multiplication table. At some point, I was both, and they met in the middle. Right. Yes. So, okay, there you are. You're I'm a young child. I'm a young child. You're in Nardens? Yes. Yes? And I'm uh, hanging out with a friend of mine. Okay. On my property. 
<laughs> well, that's good. Because <laughs> <laughs> that'll come in later when you kick people off of no, it. No, no, no. So, but it's important because it's not just a it's not just a yard. We we it was out. It's sort of rural out there, and and it was like a ten acre plot of land. I mean, it's big. It's bigger than you know. You can't see the whole thing from one place. Um, and there were woods. We get it. You're a nobleman. Stop I rubbing am, it on. I am. There uh, you are, in your massive thief. I'm You're not s- you just say it. You're speaking with a vassal. I'm not a nobleman. Okay. Well, you came in here on a horse. I'm a noble man, but not a noble. Because of the way you act. Well, uh, yes. And your bone structure. I have a coat, but I live by. Really? Yeah. What is it? Unix? It's hard to. It's it's hard to describe. All right. Is it a don't kill unless you've been killed? Uh, yes. That's my Batman code. That seems perfectly fair. Yeah. Yes. He is a dark knight. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the hero that we want, but he's the hero that we deserve. Yes. Oh, yes. Boy, I would just I would kill for a little bit of that. Anyway, there you are. You're standing in Shadden, Ohio. Yes. There's your best friend. He's not, my, he's not my best friend, but oh. he's a friend. All right, he's okay. You've seen him before. Uh, yes. Actually, let's he lived in my house. Let's call him Wembley. He lived in my house. <laughs> yeah. Are we, you sure he wasn't your brother? No, I didn't have a brother. But we had boarders at one point. The bookstore? Y- no. Boy, remember People that? Lodgers. Also, like Canadian Mountain Jacks. Thief Lodgers. Oh, too soon. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Heath uh, uh, Lodger. Yes, we had lodgers in our home, and it was a boy and his mother. A, a neat pairing for me and my mother. Oh, I, I uh, appreciate the mirror-like it's a, duality. A sitcom. Did they try to scenario. single white femen you? Uh, sure. Take over your lives? I don't know what that means. Oh. Well, you were born in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> that is not accurate. All right. All right. So, anyway, we're, we are... It's a blustery day. Okay. It's a windy, dark, stormy day. Your heart is beating with blust. The heart is beating with blust. But we're outside. We're hanging out. And we're out in my woods. And you're like, here we go again. I know. This guy. I know. All right, so you're che- on your... Checking prop- the man traps. And... What? Checking the man traps. Man traps? Yeah, that you leave out for poachers. It's not actually true. I, w- I was just going... I was trying to... Is this like a sex trade thing along. that I don't know about? No. No. You know, I dated a girl I named the man trap. I deny all sex trade allegations. All right. <coughs> okay, we, governor. We were in the woods. <laughs> That's how it always starts. We are in the woods. You're in the woods putting fresh bacon in the man trap. That's right. <laughs> With your tender <laughs> tender young hands. Wandering around. And uh, I think we were working on ch- chopping down a tree. Don't even ask me about that. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, and it was windy. Uh, not so windy that we were alarmed, but pretty windy. And it was getting windier and windier and windier. And... Um, it got to a point where it started to rain a little bit, and it was very windy, and we started to hear this. They, I don't know. They was, can't see the gesture in the podcast. It was the wind. Well, okay, I'm moving my hand in a circle. He's moving it in a vortex-like meaninglessly, fashion. Meaninglessly. As though and to imply. Yes, as though to imply that, uh, that, that wind was coming in through the trees, and it was sort of starting to howl. And so we came up out of the woods, and it's important to know that uh, in order to get from the woods to my house, there's a field in between. And at the other end of the field, I saw my mother, who had come out of the house and was clearly looking for us because she didn't know where we were. Right. And she was gesticulating frantically for us to come back to the house, sort of waving her arms in. And I didn't understand. She's saying, blah, 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 blah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, and the sky was green which I understand now is a tornado thing. Oh, yeah. It's a trick of the light because of all the copper atoms. Is that true? If you burn copper, it's going to burn green. I learned that from I watching uh, a science. I don't know. The, uh, but I can't explain it, so I'm just going to go with that. Why not? Sure. Go with it, babe. What? Don't call me that. I don't, uh, sorry. I find that offensive. I didn't. And I... offensive. I found it funny. I... <laughs> So there you are. There we are. The green sky menaces you. Perplexed and Wembley. On one side of a field, my mother's waving frantically. And then I look over to my left, and what must be just a mile or two down, 
which I realize is sort of a long distance, but but when you see a tornado, which is what we saw. You, know you tipped it. That's what you saw. I know. I ruined it. That's okay. It's not ruined. Okay. We all knew you were going there. I know. I said it before. When? Didn't I? Earlier? When you're like, my name's Sebastian Tornado Catcher <laughs> or. <laughs> That's right. Harnesser of wind. They um, call me the wind rider. <laughs> I am a gray falcon. Uh, there was this giant tornado, and it was moving in our direction, and we went, oh, shit, and we, <laughs> and we um, just tore ass across this field to get back home, and, and uh, you know, we're running and running, and it's not that long a distance. Like, I go back to it now, and I could run across that field in no time, and I'm miserably out of shape, but my legs were shorter. Right. They were younger, so the bones were uh, less stiff. Yes. Cartilage, right? They were more jelly-like, and you were weighed down by hope and dreams of your youth. That's right. Yes, which an empty house, such as a grown man like (laughs) you and I, no longer has. And and we were just running and running and running, and I just thought we were going to get sucked up into the tornado. Anyway, that's one of the most scared I've ever been. Right, because that was mortal danger. Yeah, it was mortal danger. I thought I would die. And the, you're, there's your mom, the symbol of safety. Yes. Flipping out. On the other end of a field. It's like a bad dream. Yeah. Yeah. Except we got there and we got into the basement. And it turns out the tornado didn't come to our house. It just ripped up the whole other side of the street. Just like went down the other side of the street and tore up everyone's trees. Murdered all the other property no, I owners. Think, I don't think anybody died from that tornado. That's good. I would yeah. feel bad if someone actually did and then uh, they were like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. I got ripped up by that tornado. You said you'd never forget. I didn't say that. <laughs> it's appropriate for the Halloween episode, which this is. Happy yes. October, Sebastian. Thank you. Happy October to you as well. Thank you. Dottore. All right. <clears throat> well, a tornado certainly can make a man feel fear. Yes. But even more scary than a tornado is the episode four all about fear, Sebastian, or lightning round review. No. And now the episode four all about fear, Sebastian, or lightning round review. Brought to you by Pritos, the crunch you just can't place. Pritos, is it in? And now, Sebastian, to discern how much you know about today's topic, fear, I'm going to birth some body temperature question boluses into your arms, and I'd like you to produce answers of frothy meritude. Begin. I said begin. Um, good. Question number one. When a Turnbull gets scared, it pulls its top and tails into its protective blastropodge. Does a human have a similar defense mechanism? No. Correct! Question number two. Would you rather live in fear or live and let die? No. Correct! Question number three. Sebastian, what's the scariest part of your beard? The top. Correct! Question number four. When the moon is just right and you look deeply into a girl's mouth for the first time, does your heart make you feel like you need a varmint? No. Correct. Question number five. True or false? You're scared of answering true to true or false questions. False. Correct. Question number six. Is courage the opposite of fear, or is it continuing on bravely even though you're actually running away from the spider? I think it's soldiering on. Mm, Correct. Question number seven. If you could have dinner with any ghost, what food would you be afraid to serve it? Linguini. Correct. Question number eight. Is it worse to fear the admirable or to rear the admiral? Rear. Correct. And question number nine. Franklin Dalimar Rosenbaum once said, We have nothing to fear but fear itself. Can courage overcome but fear itself? Uh, yes. Correct! Sebastian Orr, congratulamos, my friends. You have completed the questions. You have earned a record recording 40 points of black mana, which can be tapped at the end of the episode to summon the pod Chamberlain. Trample damage. Boo-boo, Sebastian. I'm afraid we've reached the wunching hour, and it's time to percolate a hot calderone of scientifical knowledge upon our hapless listeners' ear filters. Sebastopod, what is today's topic? 
<clears throat> Dottore, today's topic is fear. Got it. Sebastian, how does even fear start in the human body? Well, let's first go ahead and define our terms. Fear has been defined as a distressing emotion that we feel in response to a perceived threat. And what do you mean by perceived? Well, fear is typically a feeling that we get in response to something. A stimulus triggers fear. It doesn't just happen out of the blue. And a scrimulus is the thing the government gives you when they feel like they've done kind of a bad job? Dottori, that's a, a different type of stimulus. Uh, Fear-inducing stimuli can be something that you see or hear or even the thought of something scary. One time I felt my colon tongue and I got afraid because I thought you know who might be watching. Voldemort? He has many names. So a stimulant is absorbed by your body's five sensuals. What happens then? After the stimulus is perceived, lots of things happen in quick succession in the brain. We will get into that, but first you need to understand that fear is basically designed as a motivator to keep us out of danger. We don't like being afraid, so as a species we generally avoid the things that make us feel that way. <laughs> but wait a Munich. What about those shock jockets who play extreme spores? You know, like bungee jumpers or Phoenix Bomb Goblin? Well, that's fair, but the state of readiness that fear triggers in your body can be exhilarating. This uh, activated feeling is part of the fight-or-flight response. If people can elicit this sensation without putting themselves in actual danger, then they sort of trick their bodies, so to speak, into releasing biochemical uppers. So, the extreme athlete is like a jug addict. Sort of. This is why people watch scary movies. They experience the thrill of danger without actually having to endanger themselves. Like in that Bruce Mannheim movie, Surrogance, when he was a cop and he had to use a robot body because everyone in America just wanted to sleep in their cyber coffins and play Angry Birds. <laughs> Remember that movie? And then the fat guy, he was the smart one. I watched it on Netflix. Really? Yes. Oh, God, I got to get on Netflix. One day when I when I was sick at home. Were you sick or were you crawling? I watch Bruce Willis movies when I'm sick at home. Does it because it motivates you I to don't die know. harder with a vengeance? Fifth Element. Is that a Moose Willis movie? Yeah. I like Mina Novovich. You mm -hmm. know why? Well, why? Because she has no body fat and I have all body fat, and together we would make it one complete human. It's a perfect match. It's a mash made in heaven. A monster mash. <laughs> So, Sebastian, uh, wait, you were talking about how we give ourselves uppers, all right? Yes. But not everybody does that. So, for the average Jode, yes. what makes our bodies turn on? What is this fright or fleet response? As I said, fight or flight, Dottori, that's fight or flight. Is Are you threatening me? I'm correcting you. You're correct. How dare you? This I is my butt chamber. Fight or flight is the state of physical readiness initiated by fear. Now, the mind is a complicated sponge to peel. Before we go into any deeper about what happens in the brain, could you put this in the form of a brainology using characters from the 1966 television series Star's Trek? <sighs> yep. <laughs> Sorry, I had yep. something in my throat. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Sure. Okay, so, so, fear begins when something scary is perceived by your senses. Like the wavering sound of a cloaked Romuloid bird of prey. Like the wavering sound of a cloaked Romuloid bird of... Prey. P-R-A-I-M-E-H-S. Premis. E. Premis. H. Premis. It's a Romuloid word. Yes. Uh, Gene Roddenberry did it. Gene Roddenberry. So, okay. Broden. So, when... <laughs> You'll never let me finish, will you? I would love to let you finish. When, okay, so when your brain perceives something scary, when your senses perceive something scary, like the wavering sound of a cloaked Romuloid bird of prey... <laughs> Say that Uhura hears this sound. Uhura hears this sound. Thank I am you. so good at Star you Wars. You are so good at Star Trek <coughs> Wars. Okay. Here I am on the deck of the ship. You're on the deck of the Uhura ship. Uhura turns around. Uhura turns around. Her and hands says, in her ear horn. She says, Captain. She says, Captain. My she, Captain. Now listen, before we say what she says. Yes. 
We have to. We're we're doing an analogy here. We have to talk about what she is in the scope. She's of She's a woman in the sixties, so and she's powerful and sexy. Absolutely. <laughs> a fine piece, if I may. You may not. She's married. <laughs> is she still married? I have no idea. She might be dead. I don't. What? Too soon? I don't think she is dead. He talked about Heath Legend. I did. That guy was. I'm, I'm sorry already. <laughs> I'm sorry I said it again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uhura's there. Right. So uh, say that you hear something scary. You hear something scary. Stop doing that. Imagine that you hear something scary. <laughs> right. Uhura hears this sound, and Uhura represents the part of your brain that's called the thalamus. The thalamus will then send that information to two different parts of your brain. The amygdala is the first part, and we'll go ahead and say that that's Captain Kirk, and the sensory cortex is the second part, which is the science officer. Uh, his name is Spock. Yes, right. Yes. And he's a Vulcan. He is, yes, a pointy-eared man. And he, Spock, is an awesome dude. Spock is the favorite because he's the science officer. He's the Dottore of the Enterprise. Absolutely. That no one is, is as cool as he is. That is the case. But he would be represented as, as the sensory cortex in your brain. Now, going back to the amygdala, Captain Kirk. What? Captain Kirk's job is to protect the ship. That's his number one <laughs> number one. Prime directive. Protect the ship. Uh, My so name is Patrick Picard. Number one, he doesn't want to wait around to hear from Spock whether the threat is real or just a glitch in Uhura's equipment. He's concerned about the ship. He's so bold. He is. He is bold. The captain's first step, no matter what, is to order the ship to be on red alert, which is the starship equivalent of fight or flight. Huh. The captain can't do this alone, though, Dottore. He needs help from the engineer or the hypothalamus. Ah, his name is Scotty because he's a Scottage. Okay, so Scotty powers up the engines, the shields go up, and everybody on board the Enterprise is freaking out. Sounds good. The end. No, no, no. But wait, there's more. Now, do you remember Spock? Leonard Nimroid? Yes. He is the sensory cortex. He wants to assess the situation by using logic, but he needs more data. He consults the ship's computer database, which compares the current situation with prior encounters to establish context. The ship's database is like the hippocampus. Is that where the pachyderms go to school for learning? No. No, it isn't. Why, why would you even... Is it... You're serious. It doesn't matter. It's fine. What happens is that eventually the hippocampus tells Spock that Uhura was just hearing some Romulan-sounding static because her equipment's malfunctioning. They're not in any actual danger. Spock informs the captain, and the captain tells the engine room to stop the red alert. But why does our captain amygdala tell our bodies to red alert right away when something scary happens? Why don't we just think it through first, like a Spock? Aha, uh -huh, because you're more likely to survive if you're prepared to escape a perceived threat. If, you, if the perceived threat turns out to be nothing but the wind, at least you would have been ready. But if I wasn't ready? Then, yes, you'd be blown apart by the run. Oh, stupid space elves! All right. So is there anything else about fear I should know? Well, there's a, there's a lot to learn about fear. Did you know that fear is both instinctual and conditioned? What? Yeah. Humans are naturally afraid of snakes. Charles Darwin experimented with them to see if his logical mind could suppress his innate fear of a striking adder, and it couldn't. What's an adder? I don't know. What's an adder with you? I don't know what an adder is. It's a snake. Ah, a snake? Where? No, no, no. An adder is a snake. Where is it, you bastard? This is no laughing adder. Do you see what you just did? Peed on the couch? I mean, no. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's. Fear can also be conditioned. For example, if, as a child, you got bit by a turtle, you might be afraid of them as an adult. I bit a turtle once. Had to, to gain its powers. Mud vision. <sighs> Mud vision. Right. Mud vision. So traumatic. Traumatic 
experiences are especially good at conditioning a fear response in people. I had a dramatic experience once with a robot that ran away to Mars. Are we still talking about fear? Afraid not! Curiosity, if you're listening, I still got your City of Angels soundtrack and I'm not giving it back. So there! The trick, Sebastian, is you can't be afraid to use their stuff as collateral. It drives them wild. Wild. You gross me out. It is all very well and good to talk about fears and their constituent vesicles, but to really comprehend an emotion like this, we must experience it ourselves. Sebastian, you and I are about to descend into an area of science so frighteous that many dogs fear even to mention its name. This branch of science is, of course, psychoscarapy. Psychotherapy? Nope. No, thank you. I don't believe in it. There's no such thing as psychoscarapy. Oh, Sebastian. <laughs> How I envy your youthful optimism. Well, I hate to ghost your buster, but psychoscarapy is real, and you are about to experience it firsthand when you get confronted with this! A plastic bone? From a plastic corpse! A murder corpse! That's not scary, Dottore. You're not scary, Dottore. No, no, I'm not. Well, okay then, I'm scary, Dottore. So you're obviously the science victim. Now sit still while I minister the next test. You're blowing into my ear. Are you creeping out? Yes, 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 but not in the way you've intended. Well, darn it, Sebastian, what are you, Dev Daryl, the man without fear or sight? I am not Daredevil. You're just really bad at being scary. That's not what my patients say. You have patients? I have parts of patience. Each one is like a momentum, reminding me what not to do next time. Okay, now that that is scary. I have a scary idea. Shut up, kobold. Who is that? Don't worry about it. She's a thing that lives in the walls. Look, I don't remember all the details. Just listen to episode three. You should journey into the cabinet. Don't tell me how to run my clinic. What cabinet? This one. The Cabinet of Dr. Dottoriagori. It's an ancient evil wardrobe that Balnaz brought back from the Kobold Kingdom. The short north. Like I said. The cabinet is a portal to a world beyond human understanding. <laughs> the world of fear. Why would I want to go there? Good point. Stay here and let me court you with soothing songs of the Elder Scallions. You know what? I could use a walk. Right this way, Sebastian. We make our ingress to the Cabniverse. Yeah, that really hurt. Like, I, I feel like something seriously bad just happened to my nervous system. I feel nervous too. But don't be afraid, old chum. We're just stranded in a surrealistic nightmare village lit only by the baleful gaze of the blood red moon. Great. And this is all just a figment of our imaginations, right? Ah! What was that? Tachesis? No. Thunder, as in the sound that accompanies lightning. That's ridiculous. Light doesn't make a sound, it makes blinks. Now it's starting to get spooky out here. Let's seek shelter in that abandoned church over there. Ugh! Now it's making it rain. It's an awful lot of gravestones in this churchyard. They're probably just decorative for Halloween. Oh look! Moving dirt! Some decorative corpse hands shooting upward from the grave to claw their way out of the earth. They really went all out this year. Dottore, th those aren't decorations. But if those reeking, shambling forms emerging from the ground aren't decorations, then they must be homeless! Oh, here they come! No, no, Dottore, they're not homeless people. They're zombies. Zombies are homeless. Just, just run. Just run for the church. I'll punch a way through them. With what? My motherfucking mitts is what? I'm on board for this ride. Take that, poppers! They're zombies. I still refuse to give them money. They're just going to waste it on booze. This conveniently present wooden board should serve to bar the doors and prevent ingress from the walking dead. Oh my god, did you see episode three? Okay, spoilers here, but Glenn and Maggie- Shut up! Right. Now what do we do? Look, 
I need to know if that portal just intensified our imaginations and created a realistic virtual world, or if we are, in fact, in some surrealistic nightmare realm and in mortal danger right now. Which one would make you less mad at me? Really? Look, I don't make the portals, I just push people through them! Oh, well, great, now the power's out. But on the plus side, the walls are starting to secrete blood. Blood! Ah! <laughs> That's my least favorite garnish! Welcome, mortals, to the Hell Church, the last house of worship you will ever know. Oh no! It's the voice of Hell God! The biggest god in hell! That's not who I am. I don't know how religion works. All right. All right, voice, we're not afraid of you or your bleeding walls, so knock it off. Maybe I'll just knock you off. Is he coming on to you? No, no, I have had it. Tatori, get us out of here right now. Okay, okay. This is a last resort thing, but I have two pills in my bag. Here's yours. Balnaz said if we take them, then we'll escape the fear realm and return to the pot chamber unharmed. Why didn't you just say so before? Hey, man, I don't get high on my own supply. It's too late. The flame of hell is upon you, scientist. Burn, Dottore. <laughs> Burn! <laughs> My body! My entire body! Sebastian, put me out! With, with what? The blood! Use your mouth like a canteen and collect small amounts of the blood from the walls and then return and spit them on my burning body to gradually put me out! <laughs> Yeah, or I could just swallow this pill. You bastard! Have a good time in Hell Church. No! <laughs> no! Oh! Oh! Man. This fire is taking a long time to kill you. I think it's because you have so much fat to burn. Right? I'm like a candle in the wind. Also, did, did you use, like, the hot fire? Yes, hottest fire available. Straight from hell. That's weird. Well, uh, should I, like, stop, drop, and roll or something? No, 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 no. Don't do that. Just gotta let it run its course. Ride it out. Okay. But I'm confused. Is this part of the show about fear or hell? They're pretty much the same thing, in my opinion. Eh, debatable. Hey! Do you have anything to read? Like a magazine? You know, <laughs> while I burn to death? No way, man. A magazine would burn up. You know what might work better for you right now, though? A Kindle. <laughs> get it? Kindle? Oh, I get it. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, Sebastian, that was a horrible experience. Yeah, but but I'm glad that your portal world self finally succumbed to mind death because that allowed your consciousness to return to your body here in the real world. Yep, and it only took three weeks to train me to stop screaming all the time. Boy, what a racket. <laughs> and now, folks, I've returned to this painted veil called reality for a special segment of the show that my dark god Shubnigureth commands that I call Ask Detore. Question time! You wrote them, I'll scrote them. Sebastian, the first question, please. Scrote is not a verb. Sebastian, don't make me pull off my skin to reveal the shrieking darkness within. Alrighty. The first question is from Mitch R. And he asks, what does the Mars rover eat when it is hungry? She eats, like, everything. Rocks, dust, more than her fair share of the bread skinks at Oliver Garden, she's a pig, I tells ya. A beautiful metal pig. Right. Caitlin W. asks, where can I get a prescription for that cookie medicine of which you speak? Caitlin, confectionery medicine is a serious business intended only for people with legitimate medical disorders. Doing poorly on a bath test or being bested in a hip-hop dance-off is no good reason to go on medication. That being said, cookie pills are delicious and make you feel good instantly and forever. Amens. David R. writes, Dear Dottore, I would like to make a movie about the creatures of the deep, but I'm just a poor student. I can't afford to rent a submersible. How do you suggest I gain access to the kingdom of Poseidon? David R., I like the nut of your jutmeg. 
Many business mantises will lead you to believe that if you want to be an aquanaut of Custovian proportions, then you need to be rich or have a wealthy back fat funding you. Nothing could be closer to the truth. But if you're a crafty beaver like me, you can use the completely public domain gifts of the Mundus Naturalis itself to grant you ingress into the shiny deep. All right, Dottore. Yes? Dottore, I have to ask you, what is the deal with ingress? Right? Who are these people? Anyway, David, don't fret, because I know a remote reef in Lincolnshire where Insula the sea witch lives. Every July, peas grow there. Sea peas. All you need to do is glue your legs shut for a minute and pull out that witch's voice bobble. Then she'll be forced to pork you back into the shape of a merman. Sustain your energy with a ham full of sea peas and record your moving. No fuss, no musk, David. And that's all the questions we have for this week. Did you Plugs. Do you have your plugs ready? Pull out your plugs, baby. I don't know what my plugs are. I don't know much about plugs, Cherie. Huh? Don't know much of duality. <laughs> but I do know that I love juice. Ba-da-ba-da. And if you'll only say I'm abstruse, Ba-da-ba-da. what a wonderful world uh, it would be. Uh, 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 uh. This is going to go on the BVD extras. Yes. It's time for plugs! It's time for plugs! It's time for plugs! Not drugs, but plugs! Give me a hug! Don't... Don't give, don't give me a hug. I, I was going to. That was a close call. I know. We got... Near. If you hug me, it'll throw off my di- proportions. Well, I, and I wouldn't want to do that. No. You're a very attractive man in a... <sighs> awful, grotesque sort of way. I'm like a globe! You are... Yes. You just want to spin <laughs> me around and see what's poking out. You're globularly attractive. Yes. Yeah, because I'm very dense. Mm-hmm. I have a high magnitude of gravity. Yes. Yes. I have formed a small accretion disk on the back end, like Saturn. That's, Sega. That's one of those things I can't unhear. <laughs> well, Sebastian. Yeah. It's been quite a episode. It has. But now it's time for plugs, my friend. Okay. This is why I call people onto the show who have life things they do. <laughs> Sebastian, is there anything you'd like to plug for our internet audience? Sure. Um, I I take pictures and they're available. Some of them, some of them, for people to to see. It's mostly just stuff I'm playing around with or samples from jobs that I've done. Um, if you go to my Tumblr at a Burnside photo.tumblr.com that's the letter A the words burn like fire side <laughs> like the side of a burn dot tumblr.com um, you can see some pictures there uh, A Burnside for Ambrose Burnside the Civil War General ask me why why? I don't know I just like him was he fighting for the north or the bad side? he was a union guy is that the north? I think so Yay! I'm terrible at history was he a Soviet Union? Yes. Oh, that snivel war. Uh-huh. Okay, so we can find you at... Yeah, so you can see pictures there. Um, I also have a, uh, a Smug Mug account, but if you go there right now... Smut butt. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, the, the, well, uh, okay, I'll give you the site. It's Sebastian H. Orr. That's S-E-B-A-S-T-I-A-N-H-O-R-R. Uh, Just like you spell the word or in a sentence. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> dot, in old England. Dot smugmug.com. Uh, but the, the, at least as of this recording, if you go there, there's nothing to see. Why did you tell us this, you asshole? Because maybe generations from now, people will listen to it, and there will be a page there. I, 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 own, the, I own the site, uh, the, 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 the page, the place where the pictures go. I just haven't gotten it together yet. Maybe and, long and after the Jacopolips, when the Romuloids find this in a space capsule, yeah. Yeah. they'll and check that's, it out. That's pretty much what I have to plug. I'm a, I'm a voice on the uh, internet radio drama comedy science fiction apocalyptic whodunit it's not a whodunit. It's not a whodunit. Uh, our, our, our who did it. Uh, at ourfaircity.com. At ourfaircity.com, Dottore. It's ourfaircity.tore. 
that's not what it is. You're going to throw people off the scent. Listen, I've plugged this before. I All right, know. it's ourfaircity.com. There we go. Yes, that's lovely. And you play a character on it? I do. I Well, I've played uh, several characters on it. Well, but, give uh, us a little taste. Uh, well, it's it's my terrible southern accent. Is that the name of your character? Like no. Like fat family wedding? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't, yeah, when you put me on the spot, I get all anxious. All right, check it out. I'm going to do my uh, roommate Mark's impression of his character, Simon the Grave, mm. the dead disposal driver. Okay. Here we go. My name is Simon, and I don't like dead bodies. I like the Woken. See, I just had him say he likes the Woken, yes. and he doesn't like them. This yes. is not canon. That is, no. <laughs> I'm so subversive. That's apocryphal right there. Apo- the apocryphal is happening? Bro! I need to pray to science. <laughs> So you uh, play many characters on Our Fair City. Yes. That's cool. I do. And um, I don't know. If people want me to take pictures for them, I can. I show up at events, and I uh, do portraits. and he- <laughs> Yeah, I just show <laughs> just up. Randomly. I just show up. It's Happy your, Bar Mitzvah. It's your three-year-old daughter's birthday, <laughs> and there I am just outside the fence. Not Boy, what a funeral. <laughs> 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 Click. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm early in, in my uh, photography career, You're so I'll do things for cheap. Oh, That's the benefit. I'll take pictures of you. I'll do portraits or headshots or, or uh, you know. Nudies. Or <laughs> if we must. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I am shaped in a way that it self-censors. Yes, globularly as... as previously discussed yes i'm like an asterisk if you <laughs> if i splay everything out at once <coughs> right well if you have questions for me why not follow and ask me uh through twitter you can follow me at ask detore or you can also friend me on facebook i am detore Belordo. that's d-o-t-t-o-r-e b-a-l-o-r-d-o harugala and if you'd like, you could listen to my idiot roommate, Mark Soloff, writing and acting for Our Fair City. Well, that's it for this fear-filled fourth episode of Blastro Podcast. Once again, I'd like to thank my co-host, Sebastian Orr, and you, dear listeners, for tuning in and spreading the Blastro gospel. And if you like this episode and want to hear more, why not subscribe on iTunes and leave me a nice comment and some stars. It would give me such a kick and might just restill my faith in mankind. And especially stay tuned for next time, because next time we'll be talking about dinosaurs. I can't wait. Okay, everybody, have a happy Halloween. And remember, as the ancient Greek Plato once said, we can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. Men, right? Psst, psst, psst.